There we go. Uh, we come today to be in the presence of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Why did we come to church today? To be transformed. If we want to be trans- if we want to transform the world, we first must be transformed on the inside. As we are transformed in formation or in community, we are here to be turned into the likeness of Christ, to be Christ in the world. Let us pray. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, Lord, we lift up our church, and Lord, we lift up Henry, we lift up Butch as they go to a meet tomorrow about the, the future of glory, church, Lord. And Lord, let the Holy Spirit be present in that meeting. Lord, we lift up that Tucker was made at home, Lord. What a joy it is to see our kids and our grandkids. Lord, we lift up the young couple I married yesterday, Chris and Debbie, to you, Lord. Lord, we lift up Debbie and Kenny as they're preparing for marriage. Lord, we lift up the Jordan family as they're dealing with the death. And again, we lift up the Smith family. We lift up Rachel and Deborah, Lord. Lord, we lift up Marissa, who's just been diagnosed with breast cancer. We lift up the Rose family to you, Lord. Lord, this weekend is this President's Day weekend, Lord. We come to acknowledge our presidents, Lord, and we come to pray for our current president and his staff and all that goes on. Lord, let your Holy Spirit just fill the White House, let them fill the Capitol, and Lord, just let them be guided by your Spirit. And Lord, we come to do the reading of your word. And Lord, I ask that through the reading of your word, through the proclaiming of your word, that we are transformed into your likeness. Blessed are our our reading comes out of Luke chapter 6, verse 20. Then he lifted up his eyes toward his disciples and said, Blessed are your poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you shall be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when men hate you, and when they, when, they exalt, when they exclude you, and revile you, and cast you out, cast your name as evil, for the Son of Man's sake. Rejoice in the day, and leap for joy, for indeed your reward is great in heaven. For in his manner their fathers did to the prophets. This is the word of God for the people of God. And amen are the end of our prayer. It seems to me, we're going to discuss this in Bible study tonight, and we're going to look at Matthew also, because both, both Gospels have the, what we call the Beatitudes. And the title of the sermon is, You Got the Right Attitude. But this is part one, next week is part two. Do you have the right attitude? And it seems to me, reading Matthew and Luke, there's a problem. God does not like it when I'm happy. Isn't that almost what it sounds like to you when you first read that? Uh, blessed are the poor, blessed, uh, blessed are those who hunger. I hate being hungry, by the way, if that shows. What? <laughs> I really don't know what that word means, hungry. Not, not in the sense we're talking about. But that's not what Jesus is teaching here. He's not talking about financially poor people. He's not talking about starving poor people. He's talking, but he's using that metaphor. Poor and hungry people. At least there was a day before you had government assistance and everything else, if you were poor, 
you went out and got up and you got a job, and no job was too good, correct? I remember my dad back in the 70s, he worked a good job, Western Electric, and he was a union man, and they went on strike, and they were on strike a while. You know what my dad did? He went out and got a shovel, and for the county, dug ditches, literally. Dug ditches, sewer lines, whatever it took to bring home money for his family. He did what he needed to do to provide. And that's kind of what Jesus is talking about here. Those who hunger and those who are poor, you'll be filled. But he's talking about those that realize that they're poor in the knowledge of God, in the spirit of God. Those who hunger after the word of God, that you will be filled. See, he's talking about spirituality. He's talking about us that need to be that need to come to realize that we need to come to realize that that the little here and there maybe the own Bible study you had this week is what happened on Sunday. Are you really hunger for the Word of God? Do you are you realizing you're poor in spirit and that you need nothing more than God in your life? When Jesus was out there, when he was tempted for forty days, he fasted for forty days. Satan comes, he did not eat or drink, and the word of God says Jesus did not eat or drink. And so when he sat there and said, the devil come to him and said, hey, I know you're hungry. Turn these, turn this into the bread, into water, or water and, and food for you. Meaning, why would the Son of God ever be hungry when you have that power? Luke 4, 4 says, We've got man to live on bread alone without every word of God. Jesus was more hungry after 40 days for the word of God than he was for food. Are we hunger for the word of God? Do we hunger for the word of God? Uh, we're going along. And here, here's our problem today. Into modern day today. Think back when, when a lot of you guys were young. And I'm kind of at the end of that age. What book did you learn to read by? Most people learned to read by the Bible in school, did you not? We learned about, we had the little gold books, uh, the, the Bible stories and stuff. That's kind of how we learned how to read. We learned, you sat around the house and you read because you didn't have TV, you didn't have radio. You might have had a little bit of radio, but you didn't have all these things that we have today, all these distractions which are pulling us. And why did Mama, my mom was famous for this, Mr. Wonderful? Uh, that's a joke. It'll go for better at a, at a laugh off. Don't eat before dinner. Why were we told not to eat before dinner? It will ruin our appetite. Here's the problem with the church today. We have feasted. I'm not talking glory. I'm talking about the whole Western church. We have feasted so much on the world that we are no longer hungered for the word of God. We no longer thirst for the Word of God. So the Word of God is not every part of our being. We are truly the poor in spirit. We are truly the hunger, and we don't even know we're hungry because we've been eating all the chocolate and all these other things that we shouldn't be eating before dinner because we're fat on the world and not on the Word of God. And so we've got to realize where we're at there in our, in our state. He uh, said, Blessed are you who weep now. For you shall laugh. How many people have been through sorrowful times and you read God's word? And you're in your private moment, and all of a sudden something God has said to you will make you burst out laughing. 
See, our joy doesn't come from the world. Our joy is supposed to come from being in the presence of God. Our joy is not to be in the things that, and think of all the people. I'm preaching to the choir, I know, because you guys are the ones always in church. Think of all the people going along. I went to breakfast today in Nashville, coming back. There's a bunch of people out there plowing trees over along the Nashville where the trees have been damaged and storms and stuff. And my thought is, boy, you know, you got a nice house, you got a nice property, and you give any praise to God for what you have. Because everything, everything that you have is a blessing from God. Everything you have is a blessing from God. And, and so we're going along, and so the next verse is, is now when they exclude you, uh, when they exclude you for the Son of Man's sake, rejoice. Rejoice. We don't really know that in our country yet. Here's another issue with us in the South. This is kind of unique. If you really study church and really kind of watch what's going on in the world church today, you watch what's going on in the world church today, what you come to realize is we're not in the Bible Belt, people. We are in the buckle. We're what holds it all together, the Southeast. The Methodist Church would like to get rid of the Southeast. The Democrats would like to get rid of the Southeast. You know, we're the deplorable people. We're, we're, the, we're the bad crowd, you know, that, that's causing all this bad stuff to go on. But yet we're the Bible buckle. And a lot of us, that's all we see is what's around us. But in the world today, what's going on around our world in our country today, all of a sudden, you know, they're not bringing pastors to football games anymore to pray. They're not doing all these things anymore. The church is being excluded. And if you're a Christian, there's people that have gone to court. And they said, whatever you do, don't tell them you're a Christian. It'll look bad for you. If you say you made that decision because you were a Christian, it'll look bad for you in court. All of a sudden, we are being excluded. Persecution is coming, people, unless we stand up for the Word of God. If we stand up and say, this is the inerrant Word of God. This is what we believe. Butch is going to tell Henry that, I promise you, on Tuesday. This is the inerrant word of God. This is what we believe. We don't care what you do. This is what we're going to preach and teach. That's what we're going to do. And we go along. we got to see this. Many of us say we love God. But the Bible says, Jesus says, to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Do we really? This is really the question here is... And I was listening, I've heard this once before by a guy named Brian Russell, he's an old seminary professor. I was listening to this guy uh, this weekend on YouTube, he's one of our Methodist bishops actually, uh, Bishop Swanson. He's actually from South Georgia, and he's the only bishop I have seen that has stood out against the way forward. He has stood out against the way forward. And he was talking about this, it's too many times the church, the church, we have sat there and said, you know, we love God, but yet we're off doing things that we shouldn't be doing. I was listening to Billy Graham. I got into watching Billy Graham revivals. Billy Graham crusades, think about this in the 70s, lasted for weeks. He packed theaters, or, or not theaters, he packed stadiums for weeks. It wasn't a one-night thing for weeks because of the power of the Holy Spirit. And he quoted Romans chapter 1 down around verse 20 to 30. And he made this point. Now, this thing, this was this sermon he preached was 1972. Think about this. Because he said there talks about that God has turned some over to uh, 
just their own ways. And just quote that kind of uh, loosely. Their own ways because they're vile people. They've given up the natural use of their body. And, you know, men are laying with men. Women are laying with women. And all this other stuff. <clears throat> and he sat there and said this. It made me think about my own life. Think about yours for a minute. When, and think about TV, 1972, compared to TV today. He says, when we watch it on TV and we enjoy it, it's the same as doing it. Because God says, if you think it, you're guilty of it. Think about how, when we watch a lot of crazy stuff on TV, a lot of crazy stuff on TV, and he says, just by watching it, and when you watch it, you're approving of it. And when you're laughing about it, you're laughing whatever the scene is, that means your approval for it. And you're getting pleasure out of, out of the scenario on TV. You are just as guilty. You might as well have gone out and done what they're doing on TV. Boy, I don't know about the rest of you guys. That hit home. How deep is my sin? How deep is my sin? Do I say I love God? Or am I actually, what I've come to realize in my own life, I don't know where you all are at, I kind of know where you're at, but I, you know, what is it? man, I am poor. Just about the time I think I'm becoming a pretty good preacher and I'm doing pretty good, because you all kind of bump my head up, you know. Oh, you're doing good, preacher. You're the best preacher we ever had. When I come to read, put my life next to the Word of God, I realize how poor I am. When I realize that all the other things that I have done today, this week, how hunger, how much I hunger for the world more than the Word of God. Let's ask a question real quick, and we're going to move it along here. Uh, who has read through the whole Bible in the last two years? Genesis to Revelation. Who has read the Bible every day? Who reads the Bible every day? I didn't ask how much, but who reads the Bible every day? Uh, who reads every day, but not for an upcoming Bible study or a sermon? In my case, it's the sermon. Sermon prep does not count as my Bible study. It, sermon prep and Bible study for teaching does not count as my personal Bible study. I have to read elsewhere. I, I feel I need to read elsewhere to be with God's presence. I'm doing that for, for, the, for the people. Uh, who has spent more time in God's Word than on TV, eating, or other events? What are you hungry for, people? That is the question. Our, our, our deal, our, our fight is not against homosexuality. Our fight is not about abortion. The fight that the church has today is this word of God authoritative. And is it transforming your life into the likeness of Christ? How long have you been coming to church? I thought this, I'm just thinking for myself here. You know, I've been a pastor for 15, 16 years, to, since 2004. Am I more like Christ today than I was then? You would think by now I'd be just about walking on water, would you not? And yet I'm grounded. Where are you? Where are you in all this whole mess? 
Think about Jesus for a minute here. You want to talk about love and hunger? When Jesus was at that meal, the final meal, took the bread, said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Food was not what was on his mind. You were. which I pour out for you. It's my blood which is poured out for you. So when we come to the table, are you coming just because that's what we do here at Glory? Are you hunger for God's word? Are you hunger to be in the presence of God? Do you hunger to just bask in God. When church is over, to me, sometimes when I go from here and I run to the next church, one of the things I like to do sometimes, it seems like we just have to jump in the launcher or somebody else needs a visit or something else, is sometimes to sit back and just be in that presence. The lingering smell, the lingering feeling of God still in the church. Too many people are worried about, oh man, somebody needs to shut up so I can get no meals. Or wherever else we're going to get our lunch. I got the crock pot on. And I got to go home and turn it on low, high, whatever else I got to do. Too many times we're sitting in the presence of God and our mind is not here. Do you hunger for God? Do you hunger for His righteousness? Let us pray. Dear Lord, our Heavenly Father, Lord, we ask you to bless this bread to be your body, and this juice to be your blood. And Lord, we know your invitation. Your invitation is that Christ calls to the table all who love him, all who repent of their sin and earnestly who wish to live in peace with one another. Lord, let that call also be for those who hunger for you, that realize that we can't live another breath without your presence in our life. And Lord, we ask you this in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Harold and Jeff have come up, and I'll have Butch and Sam do the food free. We have visitors, or not just with visitors, but people come back. Just remind me, everybody's welcome. And we'll watch how this goes here. And the body of Christ broken for you. Harold, the body of Christ broken for you. Blood of Jesus. Yeah. This is the body of Christ. Somebody in prayer. Amen.